Over 13 years ago, when Sanctuary House of Prayer started, it was primarily a bunch of young people in their 20s. There were not too many families with small children. Knowing it was a large undertaking to grow the House of Prayer, giving yourself to hours and hours of corporate prayer every week has its challenges when you have a family. But we decided we are going to go for it. We will make this work. We will raise our kids in an environment where hours of prayer and worship is normal. This was new territory. The House of Prayer was a fairly new concept, and neither my wife and I were raised in the same environment. Parenting in a house of prayer was going to be a big unknown. What effect will it have on our children, raising them in a non-typical church environment? Instead of guessing the answers to those questions, today we will ask a few of them and share our thoughts. This is the Burning Rooms Podcast. Welcome to the Burning Rooms Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we connect with the prayer movement in Canada and beyond, where we have the conversations, we share the stories to strengthen your corporate and personal prayer life. My name is Johan. I'm Jehu. Today we are joined by two guests, Eli and Jaden. Eli, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I am Johan's oldest son. And so yeah. you're my son? Apparently. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, How long have you been my son? 13 years, yeah. How long have you been in the house of prayer? 13 years. That's yeah. incredible. I Jay- love this. Jaden, uh, how long have you been in the House of Prayer? I've been in the House of Prayer 13 years as well. I was there the very first day it started. But you weren't born on the first day. I was 11 years old at the time. All right, all right. And uh, we're just excited to have you both on the podcast and to hear your thoughts around uh, growing up in this prayer environment. Jaden, a little bit uh, later in life, and Eli from uh, pretty much the beginning, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. So how old were you when the uh, prayer room started in Winnipeg? Uh, I was born a day before. so I guess 24 hours old, just like fresh. <laughs> yep. We actually told that story in another podcast where we were talking about labor in the house of prayer and how we, we thought it was a prophetic picture of the Lord putting us into labor on the day the house of prayer started. I had to miss the first day of the house of prayer because of you, by the way. Thanks for that. Yep. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> so, Jaden, do you have any memories pre-house of prayer? How old were you when you... I was 11 when shop started. So... Pre-11, what are your memories that you have of, of being in your church experience? Well, I remember going to kids' church. I think it was a pretty typical sort of standard uh, kids' church that they had. We'd go upstairs and we'd gather together. We had some worship and they uh, talked to us about some of the gospel stories. So being introduced to Jesus Christ there and what he was like. So I definitely have some good memories at kids' church. So was it a shock for you when you transitioned into the House of Prayer? Do you have any memories of transitioning into a different church expression i don't think i have too memory memories of the transition like i remember there was some stuff going on with the adults they were meeting in a different place and there was going to be some you know we're going to be moving but i don't think it really clicked in that we were actually starting a separate house of prayer i think i went where my mom and dad went because they took me there but it didn't really click in at the beginning that this is something different than what we had been doing but at the beginning there wasn't any children's any children's program for you, correct? No, there wasn't. I was in the main sanctuary with everyone else for the full five or six hours. How do you remember that feeling when you were sitting through all that, the five or six hours? 
complete, being completely honest at that age, uh, I had a hard time focusing and I definitely remember periods of just being bored and being a bit confused. Like, why am I here? What are we doing? Why is this for so long? Yeah. So it was probably very difficult when you're pioneering something and being a young person going into something without, like, would you say there were many other young people your age at that time as well? I think at that time there were my older siblings and there were the pastor's kids. And other than that, um, there weren't a whole lot of other people in their teenage years. So was it a bit of a shock then going from sort of this kind of happy-go-lucky kids church with a bunch of people the same age and kind of, you know, worship and then message and things that kind of keep moving and then to kind of have that structure ripped away, to have that uh, sort of commonality of age groups ripped away and just to be sitting in a room for hours. Like, was it disorienting? I think so. I think there was a lot of confusion that happened there. But one thing I remember that my parents did is every Sunday after we came home from shop on the ride home, they would debrief with us. So they would say, what did you think of the message? Or what did you experience today? Or, you know, were you confused? And we would just talk. We would just have a conversation about how the day went, what we enjoyed, what we were maybe confused about and how we felt. And having that openness to dialogue there and communicate what Sanctuary House of Prayer was about. So remembering some of the challenges, can you think of anything that might have been helpful even going into it as an 11-year-old on how to transition into a house of prayer, like even if, even pioneering, like like what kind of things do you think could have been said by your parents or by other people to help you transition? I think if maybe I had had a conversation with some of the other adults there, and I know it was difficult because we were all brand new to this, so we didn't quite know how it was all going to work. But I think if I had you know, been sat down by them and explained a little bit more of the structure of it and the purpose behind Sanctuary House of Prayer, I think that it could that could have eased the transition a bit more. Okay. Well, Eli, you've had a completely different experience. Do you recall a time visiting another church? Like, there's other church events that you've had to go to where you're, you're going to a dedication for one of your cousins or something, and, and you've had to go to one of the churches. Can you recall what that felt like going into another church congregation, knowing that it's very different than what a house of prayer looks like? You're not there for hours on end. You're you're there for one or two hours, and it's a very different experience. Can you remember any any thoughts you had going into another church? First of all, I, my first thought was like, man, this is busy. Like when I went there, you know, you had the baby dedication and all that, but I noticed that it was nice, quick, and swift, and you ended up getting a lot from it. But yeah. Did you, did you enjoy that experience? I don't know. It, it was like kind of both. I, I enjoyed seeing how, you know, other churches work. But yeah, I like the sanctuary as a prayer too. So That's good. So Jaden didn't have the Children's Equipping Center, which is what we call a children's program at Sanctuary House of Prayer. Uh, you were a brand new baby, so you weren't going to be in a children's program anyway. But eventually, Sanctuary did get a children's program. Did you end up going to one of the children's programs at one of the visiting churches that you went to? I think I've gone to one. Um, I noticed that they always had like a really, you know, perfect plan for what they're going to do and what the schedule was. And they always had, you know, different activities going and different groups for different ages. And at Sanctuary of Prayer, we just had one group and we just had like one plan on what to do. And then, you know, that was it. And then we just, you know, see where we're at. It felt very different though. And it looked very different. It did. It did seem very different from uh, Sanctuary House of Prayer. So, Jaden, after you joined the House of Prayer, do you recall a time when you went to another church for a visit, and what that felt like going back into that atmosphere? 
Yeah, I remember actually when I was in grade 12 of high school, one of my friends, he invited me to go to the youth group at his church. And I remember going there and I ended up going on a Sunday because we were fundraising for this event that we were going to participate during the summer. And I remember going in and thinking, oh my gosh, there must be 500 people in the main sanctuary. This is like a concert. There, are, The room is just filled with people. They had multiple services. I was just blown away by the number of people who were there. And I think I was really encouraged by that because at shop, there's not many people there. So going to a church where the room is packed, I was very encouraged by all those people who showed up to worship God, to get encountered, uh, to serve in the church. That was really enjoyable for me. I mean, we're not trying to compare churches. Uh, and I think it's great that, that we get to go into these other environments and these other churches and we see how they work because this is who we're praying for day in and day out in the house of prayer. And it's great to see the churches exploding and having awesome children's programs and, and Eli saying that he was able to get some good things out of being in another church and hearing, hearing their message. But ultimately, you guys, like you have a choice now, Jane. You're an adult. Eli, you kind of don't have a choice because you're 13 years old, but I mean, we've, we've offered for you to go to other churches if that's something that you want to do and you think you'd grow that way uh, in addition to Sanctuary House of Prayer. But you guys have chosen to plant yourselves in the House of Prayer. Eli, why have you chosen just to give yourself to the House of Prayer expression? Um, I love the community and the fact that I know like almost everyone there. I love that the older I've been getting, the more I've been getting to know people at shop and I also love how the Holy Spirit moves so quickly in the Sanctuary House of Prayer. It's, it's really awesome. I mean, so you've encountered the Holy Spirit in the House of Prayer. Yeah, it's pretty fun. That's awesome. Jaden, how about you? Why, why have you decided to plant yourself in the House of Prayer? I think one of the things is in having a longer period where you have worship and prayer going on, I've been able to kind of get past some of the distractions in prayer and really talk to God about the things that matter and get to like the heart of the issue and different times I've been praying and he puts things on my heart that he feels and cares about. And I'm able then to have time to go deep with him and to pray about those things or or also to pray for other people at Sanctuary House of Prayer when we have ministry time. And just having that time available to do that, I think is really valuable and it's really important for me. Okay, so while we've had children's programs in the House of Prayer, one thing we've never had is a youth program. And Eli, you're a teenager and Jaden, you went through your teen years at Sanctuary House of Prayer. How did you cope with that? Like, what kind of things did you do to get that teenage environment? Because we all know that youth group's very important growing up in a church. I remember a lot of my fondest memories were in youth group and a lot of my growth. So what kind of things have you guys done to supplement that? Because you don't get that in the house where we don't have a youth group at this point in our development. I think one of the things that helped is we'd have different events that the men would have, like Wings Night, or we'd have uh, potlucks and shop gatherings. And all the children, like I remember when I was maybe 15 years old, I'd be invited to go to these and I was treated the same among the adults. They didn't treat me like a kid and exclude me from those events. So I remember growing up, my friends would be in their late 20s and in their early 30s. And for me, that just seemed kind of normal. So you had a bunch of adults around you going hard after the Lord in the house of prayer and they're raising you up just like you're one of them. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Did you... Did you also go to any other youth groups from any other churches? Like, was that something that you liked to do? Uh, I actually didn't end up going to any youth groups till I was in grade 12, so until I was 18. And then I went for about five months, and I loved it. And I really saw the value of youth group, and I wish I had gone earlier. There were points when I was lonely at high school, and I felt like I didn't connect with as many 
Christian friends. I didn't have that youth group experience and that expression. And the Lord was kind to me in that. He was my friend and he helped me through it. And Eli, you're just entering your teen years. What have you done to supplement that? Did you Have you gone to any youth groups? Have you done any other things outside of shop? Or what kind of things have you done in shop that made you feel like you're getting that same community? Um, I have been going to some other churches' youth groups, which have I've really enjoyed those. Um, I also, like Jaden said, the potlucks and the events that we have, like we also have games date now, and I find those are all really fun and being able to hang out with adults and they don't treat me like I'm, you know, just some kid or young teenager. They they include me in all the uh, events, so. And you actually have some responsibilities in the house of her too. Yeah, I have been doing soundboard and just attending to shops, so. And when you were actually going to CEC, I think you were 11 years old when you started leading worship? Um, I did learn guitar. I haven't been playing lately, but um, we did do uh, worship sessions, and I would be playing guitar leading with um, Jules from the shop. So, so you're leading yeah. worship at 11 years old in the House of Prayer. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, like I think you two are really describing some of the benefits of the House of Prayer with the fact that you have a just a, a real community that's tight-knit, that you get to know people of different ages, that you get to be treated like an adult, you have these responsibilities. And I think those are really, uh, really great benefits from sort of that, that tight-knit group where you're just going for, for prayer and you're in that, that kind of pioneering aspect. But there's got to be things about that that's hard. There's got to be things that are challenging about being in a pioneering aspect, uh, apart from just the house of prayer aspect. What have you found specifically for you, Jaden, that's been difficult? I think it was a bit like I mentioned earlier, where I didn't have a great understanding of what shop was about and its purpose and what I was supposed to do during the hours at Sanctuary House of Prayer. We'd have the teams on stage worshiping. We'd have the prayer leader leading the room in prayer. And at times I was confused. What am I supposed to be doing right now? I'm not on stage. I'm not playing guitar. I'm not doing the soundboard. What's my role in the House of Prayer? And I remember that being a bit difficult. One of the other things that was challenging was I would just get distracted. I was a young teenager full of energy And I'm thinking, what am I going to be doing? I'm trying to read my Bible. It's 15 minutes in. It feels like two hours. I needed to get up. I would walk around. I remember one of the things my mom did, though, is she would let me just read my books at Sanctuary House of Prayer. So I would just sit in the back. I'd read different fiction novels. I would just read and read and read. But it was one of the things that allowed me to stay in the House of Prayer. And at times when I had the focus and the energy to do so, to engage with worship, to join in the prayer, And when I couldn't, and when I was just too distracted, I could go and read, I could go walk, go outside a bit. I think she even uh, lets you sleep every once in a while. I remember a story when we had a night watch. Uh, You want to uh, fill us in with the time you maybe took a bit of a nap in the prayer room? Sure, though it might have been a bit more than a nap. Uh, We were going to have, it was called a burn, and we were going to stay up all night, and we were going to worship, and we were going to pray. I don't remember the focus of the prayer meeting, but we were going to go for it together. There's maybe 15 of us. And what we did before starting the burn was we went to Little Caesars and we got like four medium pizzas. We got pop. I was ready. I was amped up on sugar. I was ready to worship, stay up all night, no problem. But the one thing that my mom allowed me to bring, though, was my sleeping bag. So I get there. It's maybe half an hour in. I'm a little tired. The sugar's wearing off. So I go in the sleeping bag. I just sit there. And before I know it, I'm waking up and it's six in the morning. (laughs) That's a a really good story because uh, in that, did she make you feel bad? Did she shame you for sleeping through the prayer meeting? Oh, no, we all laughed about it. And, you know, it's that zeal, that determination to do it. And I just fell short and I'm weak 
and I tried staying up all night and I couldn't. There's a bit of a redemption too to that story. Eventually, uh, you kind of got a bit of a heart for that idea of being up all through the night. Uh, what did you end up doing later on with that desire? Yeah, so the Lord actually put it on my heart to worship and pray during the night. I remember different times I would have trouble falling asleep and I would just talk to God and or I'd wake up at two in the morning sometimes and just pray for a period and then go back to bed. And what I ended up doing was there's an internship at Kansas City uh, at the International House of Prayer there. They have the one thing internship, which a lot of people are familiar with, but they also have one called Fire in the Night. And it's a similar idea, except your prayer room hours are from midnight to 6 a.m. So I remember I was up all night, every night for six months straight, and I would worship and pray in their house of prayer. And it was amazing. Did you fall asleep when you were down there at all? I struggled along with everyone else on the transition from days to nights. The 4.30 a.m. stretch, that was difficult. But if you were able to make it through that, then it, then you're pretty good. But I remember you coming back from that saying, man, we need to have a night watch. I, I'm ready. Like, we, we got to start this thing. I'm going to, I'll be the first to sign up sort of thing. I think I might have said that. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that now? Well, right now, being at university, I don't see it as something I could do right now. Though if I had a job that was maybe more flexible, I think I could see myself staying up in the night with others and praying. Uh, after Fire in the Night, I do actually remember I set my alarm, I think, for, for midnight or 1 a.m. And just on purpose, I was going to wake myself up in the night. And I still have like a tender spot in my heart for the night. And different times I actually have stayed up all night to pray. And that's something that I can still connect with the Lord over that. So You see the value in that. And the Lord probably marked you for or seeing that even established, even if you're not a part of that, like you can, you'll be like the grandfather sort of thing to the young men saying, hey, I did it. You can do it too. It'd be great to see that in, in Canada. We don't really have much of a night watch in any house of prayer in Canada, really, that, that goes on for sustained weeks and weeks, right? I'm sure you'll be excited when, when we see that established in this nation as well. I love it when people give themselves to the Lord during the night. That could be a whole nother episode. But Eli, what about your challenges? Some of the things that you struggle with going week to week, even as a 13-year-old. Like, Let's look right now. What, what are some of the struggles you have as a teenager being in the house of prayer? And again, uh, no youth group was has been sl- a slight struggle, but again, going to a different youth group that because we can't provide one is also a great idea. But um, having just a small children's equipping center as a kid was somewhat a struggle. And again, also, like Jaden had, like when I was younger, I had uh, trouble understanding what the point of, you know, the house of prayer was. But now that I'm this age, I, I've started understanding and I love it. So. Just to throw this question out to either one of you, do you think the understanding has to come first? Because Jaden, you were kind of saying you wish somebody would have front loaded it for you and said, this is the prayer room. This is what it's about. This is why we do what we do. Uh, or do you think that heart connect has to come first and then you kind of explain it like, how do you how do you do that for someone? Because there's a lot to take in to try to explain, uh, and sometimes I, like I would just think just put them in the prayer room, just put them there and let them fall in love with it and explain it later. But I mean that's just my take. What do you all think at the table? I think it's important to have some idea of what's going on in the prayer room, in the structure, or maybe a, just a few of the key values of you know if you show up at Sanctuary House of Prayer, where are you and what's going on? I think that's important to have. But I think you're right, Joe. I think it is a lot about the heart connect. Even when I didn't understand the purpose of it, I still remember feeling the presence of God and feeling his love and knowing that he's real. I remember growing up in shop, that was one of the things that I was convinced of is God is real. I've talked with him. I've experienced him. And just that strong determination that he loves me and he cares for me. Eli, what do you think? 
I also agree with that. Not knowing completely, but knowing somewhat of what's going on and still being able to have a connection with God and, you know, having the Holy Spirit in the room is also very important. So growing up in the House of Prayer, you said you were treated like, you're treated like the group. You're treated like one of the people in the House of Prayer. What did that look like? What, like? what kind of areas did you actually get involved in in the house prayer? Eli shared a few things, but like, what what other things have you done when you're in the house prayer? One of the things I love that happens at shop is periods of rapid fire prayer. But what we do is the prayer leader will pick a really specific focus of praying for specific churches in the city, and then they invite everybody in the room who wants to, kids, adults, teenagers, anyone who wants to, and they come and line up and we pray. So I remember having the opportunity just for five seconds to go up and to pray. I don't have to stay up there for five minutes. I don't have to have everything, you know, well-crafted. I don't have to be eloquent. I can just go up and connect with what's going on in the room for five, ten seconds. I remember once I was done praying, as I would leave, the other adults in the room would give me high fives and they would smile. And we all appreciate and value when kids and young people pray as well. So you found that helpful as a young person. Like you obviously remember it now, so... Yeah, I found that helpful. I try and do the same thing when I see little kids praying. I like to, you know, give them a high five and just that encouragement and that support and welcoming their prayers in and valuing it, I think is really important. And it speaks more than maybe what our words can say. Can you pinpoint one or two things that have really rested upon you, giving yourself to to the house of prayer for 13 years? Like things that the Lord has just instilled in your heart is just something that's part of your life now. I think one of the things like Eli, you were mentioning, is having the Holy Spirit in the room. I've really grown up with Holy Spirit at the church and being able to experience Him. And one of the ways that I really experienced God during ministry time is with joy. That's something that has been prophesied over me that, oh, I can see joy in your life. Or other people at school saying, man, like you have so much joy and you're like such a happy guy. And it was also really interesting because I remember growing up, my dad would pray for me every night before bed. And one of the things that he would pray for with that I would be the happiest man that I know, that God would give me joy, and actually getting to experience the joy that God gives me in the house of prayer, I think has been one of the things that has been really steadying and keeping me in the house of prayer and seeing the value in that. I can definitely see joy as being one of the things that the Lord has developed in you with all the time spent in the house of prayer. Eli, so what kind of other areas were you involved in in the house of prayer? Um, So for one year, I think I did course leader on Devo. So you were... Yeah. Uh, on a devotional set yeah. when it's just one or two people just singing their hearts to the Lord, you were one of the singers on the devotional set. Yeah, I think I was like nine years old back when I was doing that. But um, yeah, I've been parti- I did participate in CEC. I was, you know, leading worship for some of the guy kids there. What about praying yeah. at the mic like Jaden was talking about? Yeah, I've I love participating in rapid fire. You know, when I'm there for it, you know. And in CEC, I think they had they had you guys walk up to the mic like you you were going to yeah. be number prayer number one or two or three, and you had the scripture in front of you. You're going to pray a specific scripture and pray into a specific topic. You remember doing that as a young man? Yeah, I remember that they would always review on what we're praying for, and then they'd be like, "Okay, guys, we're going up now," and then we all line up, and then we'd all take turns praying on the mic, and everyone would congratulate us, just like Jaden was saying. So, what effect do you think that had on you growing up? I think it really helped my relationship with Holy Spirit because, yeah, just praying really helps. We would set aside one intercession set every month on, on a Sunday on our main gathering, and all the kids would take over this set. We'd have 
worship leader up there, all the kids would have their prayers ready and they would go up to the mic and they would pray their prayers and, and it would be their intercession set. We're praying, I think we're usually praying for children. Um, and the children were the ones that were doing it. And everyone would participate. We'd all sing the choruses that were being sung. And it was great. I think that was fantastic. And it, and you were a part of that. You were you were praying at the mic, just like the adults would do on their intercession set. But they bring the kids from downstairs to the upstairs. And you guys would kind of take over the prayer room. Oh, that was fun. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, and by doing that, what we were trying to uh, establish was that children are just as powerful in the place of prayer. They don't get uh, like a little Bible or a little Holy Spirit, or it's not somehow that their prayers are little and ineffectual. They are just as powerful. They're the same. Uh, they're Christians. We're Christians. They're followers of Jesus. We're followers of Jesus. They pray and God hears their prayers in the same way he hears uh, the adults' prayers. And sometimes I think he actually hears them a little bit more because they're easier to pray with that childlike faith. They can go up and ask for the big promises that are on the Lord's heart. And they don't have any of that adult baggage that might be there. And so for me, I was often doing sound on the family intercession sets, and I was just so encouraged. The prayers, they might not have been long and eloquent, but they were sincere. They were faith-filled. And those are some of my favorite intercession sets. And it wasn't like the Alice was saying, oh, cuties praying. But we were pressing in together when the kids would pray. It's like... Yes, that prayer is good, and we're jumping in on it. Yeah, 100%. It wasn't a a patronizing, like, oh, good for you, you made your prayer. Like, you know, people would be just moved emotionally. It was like, wow, those prayers, like, there is something on that. And the choruses that were sung, it it wasn't as if we were sort of, you know, singing songs that would just kind of engage the kids, but it was uh, a real real prayer meeting. It wasn't anything less. And and Jaden, you probably do the same thing now to those young ones, in the house of prayer, because you were treated that way, you're raising up the next generation. So it's really cyclical when you do that sort of thing, right? It just has this cycle of encouragement and valuing them. And I remember the person leading the kids' church there, she, in introducing this family intercession, she said, Ari, when they're done praying their prayers, we're all going to say, yes, Lord, do it. And I remember that being so powerful. The kid would ask God to save the children in the city, and the whole church would say, yes, yes Lord, Lord, do, do it. it. Yeah, that was fantastic. I love that. So we're going to start to close up here, but we got a few more questions that I really want to get out there. So what would you tell parents that are thinking of joining a house of prayer but have small children? I would say go ahead. It's a really awesome experience and great way to raise your kids. I mean, having the Holy Spirit in their lives at a young age is just great. So there's challenges, but it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Jaden, you got it. I'd give the same encouragement for them. I think giving your children time to be in the presence of God is just going to allow him to do so many good things in their lives that you might not see, that you might not be aware of. He'll be speaking to their hearts. He'll be giving them joy and they're going to value his presence and really develop like a longing for it that'll keep them steady in the years ahead. And also being able to see people in their 20s and their 30s and in their 40s, valuing them and participating that I think is really valuable. One of the things I really remember uh, from the kids' church, our CEC, was the kids would come up and they would kind of go throughout the congregation and actually prophesy over people. Eli, do you have a story about that? Somewhat, yeah. I remember that we'd always go upstairs and they'd be like, okay, guys, you're in groups of two. You're going to go to find a random adult and you're going to just prophesy on them. And it was awesome. We'd have people getting visions with the adult and uh, yeah. And did it seem like you were making an impact? Like were the adults receiving the words? Did it seem like it was accurate and encouraging and strengthening? Yeah, I'd say most of them were, yeah. 
That's so encouraging, Eli. I just I love that story, and I want there to be more stories like that where we have just children praying for adults and adults praying for their grandparents, and just the idea that we're in a family of God. That it's it's not sectioned off into here's kids church, here's adult church, and here's you know elderly church or something. We need to have just one family of God, and we need to all pray for each other. We need to all prophesy. We need to all uh, just encourage one another on this journey. And so I just, I love that story. I think it just so beautifully encapsulates why I'm thankful that my parents brought me to the house of prayer was that we're all able to do everything. It's it's pioneering and it's hard because you are smaller. And, and like you've said, the challenge is there's a, a long time in a, in a room, but being with other people and just living life with them like that, I think is just so beautiful. And you being born into the house of prayer, the first baby in the house of prayer, you're basically setting the bar for all the other kids and we're seeing the other children, even your siblings, prophesy on Sunday with some pretty accurate words and some yeah. pretty amazing prophecies. And I, I think it's great. So if you're a young person out there into the house of prayer, like take your place on the wall. We need the young people in the prayer room. We need them to take their place singing. We need them to prophesy. We need them to pray at the mic. You are a key piece to the house of prayer. So that has been the end of this episode of the Burning Rooms podcast. If you want to find more information on the podcast, you can visit our website at burningrooms.ca. Until next time, my name is Johan. I'm Jehu. I'm Jaden. I'm Eli. And this has been the, the Burning, Burning Rooms, Rooms podcast. podcast.